This is the new LOL podcast, and I am Karen Stewart. My goal is to challenge you, motivate, and encourage you to live your life boldly as a Christian out loud. Do me a favor. If you find anything of value, any motivation, any encouragement, help me spread the word like this. Share it on all your channels. And thanks for listening. Let's get started. Some of the most amazing and life-changing experiences I've ever had have been in moments when I have encountered God and His presence in a real, tangible, and manifest way. I can actually go back in my mind to specific events and times and places. Often they happen in conference settings. When I have felt God so clearly that it just marked me and it branded me. And there have been other experiences where I was completely alone, whether in my house or in my car, and I encountered God in unforgettable ways. In fact, some of my most significant experiences with God happened when I was all alone, meaning not at a church or in a church building at all. I got saved and gave my heart and life to the Lord at home by myself, and I got filled with the Spirit while I was driving in my car alone by myself. Now, I'm not riffing off on the whole um, current idea that you don't really need to go to church. I'm not saying that. I don't believe that. The local church community is, or at least it should be, the catalyst for one of the major expressions of God's desire for us to do life together as a family of believers. So I'm not saying you don't need to go to church. What I am saying is that it has always been God's desire for us to do life together with him. At all times, no matter where we are, in a state of effortless communion with him. And that state of communion with him, it looks like something. It looks like yielded surrender to him and his desire and his will in all things. And not just with our words, but with the outflow of our lives. Because as Christians, being in the presence of God, living in the presence of God is a given, right? First John 4.13 says this, by this we know that we remain in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So the bottom line is that God is with us at all times and in all places, whether we see him or feel him or not. When it comes to encountering the Lord in a tangible manifest way, it's more about awareness than it is about presence anyway. It's not about God coming to be with us, but about us being aware that he is already here. But it makes you wonder if God, the true creator of everything in the universe, including the universe itself, is in me and with me, why does it so often feel like things don't change? Or why does it feel like it takes so long for things to change. To start with, we have to always remember that time just looks different to God than it does to us. God's timeline and God's timetable is altogether different than ours because he's not ruled by or driven by or even subject to anyone's timeline but his own. And he does things according to his timing and his will, period. That's a full stop. The sooner we get that, the more peace and calm we're going to be.
But the other part is that true change and transformation requires something from us. And that seems almost like it's not right, doesn't it? Like it shouldn't even be that way, but it is. In order for change or transformation to take place, whether in our personal lives or our families or our communities, our nations, there is a requirement that we must participate. Because there's plenty of examples of people in the Bible who were in the presence of God without the evidence of what could be identified as a transformed life. Adam and Eve were both created in and dwelled in the physical presence of God. And yet when they made a mistake, and that is clearly what the Bible says that happened, they were deceived. When they messed up, what was the first thing they did? They hid from God. Really? Like, really? You wouldn't even let him, the one who created you, the one that you spend time with every day, you wouldn't even let him like comfort you, heal you. There's probably going to be consequence, but who knows how God would have responded if his son, if his daughter would have come to him instead of hiding from him. I don't know. And Judas, Judas was personally handpicked and chosen by Jesus to walk with him physically, tangibly for three years. And of course, Jesus, when he picked him, knew that he was a thief and a liar, but he still picked him. They ate together. They traveled together. They slept together for three straight years. And he was willing to sell Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. That's just crazy to me. And then there's Satan in at least three different places in the Bible. Zechariah 1, Genesis 3, and Job 1. In addition to the times that John saw in his vision in Revelation, the Bible clearly says that Satan himself has been on multiple occasions in the direct presence of God. I don't think anyone in their right mind would argue or would say that none of those experiences for him has ever changed who Satan is. So clearly it takes more than just being in the presence. The whole point of encountering God is surrender. The whole point of encounter is to let him do whatever he chooses to experience him in whatever way he chooses to reveal himself and to learn of him whatever he wishes to teach us. Matthew eleven twenty nine 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So how do you learn from him other than in his presence? And ultimately, the point is to allow him to transform us, right? Accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior is really not about him giving us a better life, making us happy, and doing everything we want him to do. It's about acknowledging who he is. Yes, he is Lord. Yes, he is Savior. But he is also God. John 1 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus and his word are one with God, period. And then it's about knowing him, which Jesus described as eternal life in John seventeen three, He prayed this, this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. 
And then following that, to allow him to transform us. You know that verse that we've all heard and we love to quote, quote for ourselves, Romans 8, 28? And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and those that are called according to his purpose. We so rarely read beyond that, but it's such a key verse. Here's what it says in verse 29, Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So the whole point from God's eyes is to transform us into the image of his son, into his own image, right? So acknowledging him, knowing him, and allowing him to transform him, transform us into his image. Encountering his presence is an amazing experience. But we can become presence junkies without ever even being transformed. If we allow ourselves to be satisfied with good experiences with him, good church, good prayer time, good experiences in the secret place, without giving him the response of surrender, it is very likely that there will never, ever be a transformation. And a body of believers being transformed into a bride for the Lord himself, family, you need to know that is the goal, that we become and are formed into a bride for Christ. I will never dismiss the experience of encountering him and his presence. I am a presence girl. But don't let that experience stop there. Surrender, yield, and abandon yourself to him and allow him to transform you. Allow his truth to be formed in you so that what comes out of you is a purified image of him. That is what will change the world, family. And that is how we live boldly and effortlessly out loud.